so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is chapter eight of the Triggers Book Club series. Yeah, so on today's episode, uh, actually, we are continuing to move through the chapters, although we said in the last one (laughs) that we would maybe stop. So there there we are flip-flopping again. No, we didn't say we would stop. We just said maybe we'll add a couple at a time, but... You know, life is crazy and it's not been There's... easy to add any more than two episodes a week. Right. So, on this episode, we are just going to keep on trucking along with uh, with Chapter 8. And in Chapter 8, what what are we talking about, John? Well, this is again a big one, a big trigger for me, which I actually feel like I've said that for the past a lot. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe I have a lot of a. So far, so far, we have about eight triggers. <laughs> so far, we've I don't, I don't know about guess. you guys. P.S. If you haven't gotten the book yet, the link is always in the show notes of these episodes, and you can hop on over and read along with us because we aren't covering the entire chapter. We're just pulling out some stuff and then um, kind of giving y'all. What are you doing? I burped and I blew it away, so oh, you wouldn't smell it. That's a great. I was, sorry. That's really sweet of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, you can get the book and read along with us. Um, today we're talking about ignoring instruction. Mm. How often do you tell your family, your children, your husband, somebody to do something and they just selectively don't hear you? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say that, yes, this is a, this is a parenting trigger, but this is also something that I believe is one of Jonna's bigger triggers because she has reason to be frustrated by it because she happens to have a husband that is, you know, in his one box at a oh time. Oh, gosh, every episode. <laughs> Men are like waffles. Women are like spaghetti. So she has me, and then she also has the kids who, I mean, let's be real, not a lot of times are they <laughs> are they really paying attention listening well it's interesting because they're listening yeah. if you say something you don't want them to hear they hear that but if you say something that they don't care about or that they don't want to hear suddenly even you chris cannot hear me so i really resonated wendy writes this chapter and she talks she tells the story if you're reading along with us she tells the story about calling her family to the dinner table makes dinner and nobody comes and how She's patient a few times and then it kind of just makes her blow. And I resonate with that so much because I, I feel like I talk about all the time. I cook every freaking meal pretty much except for on the weekends. And it's really frustrating to have a meal on the table and nobody's listening. Nobody's coming. Chris is still wrapping up phone calls and then his food's cold. And then I feel, I think internally I'm like, Oh, now everybody's going to think dinner's not good. And it may, she talks about feelings of powerlessness and disrespect and just feeling insignificant. And I identify, like, I resonate with that so deeply because I do. I turn around and I get my feelings hurt. Yeah. I think something about that I could do better would be I don't think you would have as big of a trigger and maybe, and maybe us men, because I feel like oftentimes, it usually is mom who is the empath, who is the feeler, who is the person who is 
maybe overanalyzing things. Um, and even if they're not overanalyzing, it's still frustrating to not be listened to and be ignored. And so I think as men, at least for me, I know I can step up and I can make it so that even if the kids aren't listening, at least she knows I'm listening and I'm paying attention. I don't think it'd be as big of a trigger for the kids not to listen. If I, if, if you at least knew that I was listening. You know yeah, I mean? not even just coming to the table, but just in general, yeah. when you have little kids, especially as a stay-at-home mom, I feel like I'm talking to a wall all day. I actually, some days, I'm just like, I think I'd be better off talking to the wall. I think I might get more of a f- response speaking to this wall than constantly having to repeat myself all day long because it does. It gets really frustrating. Wendy says that her feelings of power- powerlessness erupt into an unhealthy display of power and that's me. That is so me. I will be patient for so long. So I'm like, okay, they're playing or Chris is finishing up a phone call or whatever. But by the fourth time and I only have one kid maybe running around in circles mm-hmm. around the table, I blow. I get mm-hmm. so frustrated because it does. It hurts my feelings. It makes me feel like nobody cares. And like it, and I think this is a perfect, a perfect place for episodes past that we've talked about uh the story i'm telling myself so they are just in their own little worlds doing what they're doing none of them i believe are purposely saying forget mom i don't care if she made us dinner but <laughs> right. but you know what i mean like forget forget mom forget jana like i'd rather work who cares if she made me a nice hot dinner so but in that moment i can't think of your guys intentions i'm just like they don't care they don't right. appreciate me they don't care what i did they don't care what i have to say or Another one, and our kids don't have phones yet because they're little, but if somebody's on their phone and I have to repeat myself multiple times and I can visibly see they're not mm. paying attention to me, that is that is an anger trigger. Whether it's an adult or a child, that is an anger trigger for me as well because, yeah. again, it, it communicates whatever I'm doing right here is more important than what you have to say. Yes, but I think what you touched on again from the – when we reframe and we actually bring the conversation up to somebody, because here's the thing, we can be frustrated, but if we don't say anything or we don't try to solve the problem, then honestly, frustration for me, it, it falls on deaf ears because I'm like, look, if you're not going to do anything about it, then there's, there's no point in complaining about it. And I know it's a little bit harsh, but Wait, it's just the truth. So, so if somebody's listening right now and they're like, yes, this is me. And it just keeps, it just keeps happening. I feel ignored. I feel powerless. I feel, I feel insignificant when I'm trying to give my kids instruction or, or when I'm talking to my spouse and they're not listening to me. If this continues to happen to you, but you don't bring it up and you don't use a reframe, a very unaggressive reframe by saying, look, so and so, the story I'm telling myself is you don't care when I do this or you don't care when I'm talking to you or, or you aren't I'm not important enough to pay attention to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that really breeds a healthy conversation to actually get somewhere. Rather than either... Rather than just complaining about it. Well, or rather than just not saying anything and letting that anger continue to build up and then yeah. resentment grows and it's just Right, and then healthy. you also take it to the part where you're like, okay, what are the person's intentions? Because like you mentioned, nobody nobody's actually intending to hurt your feelings and chances are, if you're listening, your spouse, your kids are intending to hurt your feelings. And so we do have to read into their intentions as well and realize, okay, this probably isn't as, shouldn't be as big of a trigger. And ultimately, the trigger does pretty much come down to, um, 
you know, me and my pride and feeling like I'm not hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So what do we do? Most of us resort to yelling. And that when you don't feel like you're being heard, it kind of feels because I've always said I don't like yelling. I don't want to be a yelling mom. But there are times that I yell. And I really think after reading this and just, you know, going through just growth and and trying to be more of like a biblical parent, I'm realizing, yes, the reason I yell is because it, like it's almost it's logical. It's like they're not listening. So if I so yell, that's going to get their attention. Yeah. And so I, I like what Wendy said here. She says that the power of loud voice isn't real power. And it's it's just like what we've been talking about with all of this other with all the other chapters. It's like it might work in the moment. It might get their attention. A temporary solution. A temporary solution. But the next day, are they going to continue? Like, did it fix anything? Did it teach them a lesson? Something I also want to bring up is it's almost like there's two sides to this equation. So there's just a there's the feeling ignored. And then there's actually being ignored with instruction to your kids. So you're like, hey, go pick your coat up. Hey, go do this. Mm-hmm. Hey, go do that. And you're so maddened because you're just like, this is so frustrating. My child is not listening to me. Like they, Especially when you have this many and like right. it's just constant telling so, people to do the same things over and over again. Yeah. It's just something that actually isn't even in triggers, but what's in a couple parenting books I was reading prior to this is something that's really helpful is to help our kids come to the conclusion on their own. So. Mm-hmm. Like we always say, they're just tiny humans and they they kind of want to prove to us that they know a thing or two. Well, they so, also want to be independent. Right. Like they don't want to – I think that it's so easy for us to just boss them around all day long. Can you imagine just never getting a say in <laughs> right. what you're doing right. with your day? Exactly. And depending on how small they are, it's like they – Getting w- picked up yeah, and moved. they and- walk somewhere. It's like, oh, you're picking my – oh, my God. Like <laughs> you're picking me up and moving me. Yeah. So So – it's it's interesting. So there are two different ways to approach things. It's like we could come home, the house could be clean, and the girls could walk in and they could drop their coats on the ground, you know, take their boots off, take everything off, their bags, everything, just throw them in the middle of the kitchen and walk away. And there could be one of two responses. There could be, hey, come back and get these and put them in the closet, which usually falls on deaf ears, which is sad to say, but it's true. Well, yeah. especially when it's like multiple days in right. a row of like, right. it's easy to get frustrated and be like, how many times have I told you to stop yes. taking your shoes off in the middle of the floor? Yes. But strategically, what has made sense to me from reading from different parenting books and stuff is instead of commanding them to do this, you just say, hey, question, where does your coat go? And they're almost excited mm-hmm. to tell us they know. Like, oh, yeah, goes in the closet. Great. Show me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it gives them that independence yeah. and that kind of, I think it gives them confidence that they can make decisions right. too. Right. <laughs> make- so a practical tip for f- when you're feeling like you're ignored during instruction is maybe to change your delivery and your approach. And some people would say, oh, there's snowflake parenting, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, tell your kids what's up type of thing. But I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'll do anything that gets the job done so we can move mm-hmm. on with the day. Well, again, it's teaching them the lesson. If if you right. just continue to say, do this, do that, do this, do that. Right. It's. I think it just it gets blocked out by their selective hearing. But when they're learning, now they're like, oh, wait, I know. Because now have Lola and Lindley have come in mm-hmm. quite a few times and gone straight to the closet. Straight to the closet because their brains, you know, actually created that synapsis. And they're like, oh. 
when I walk in, my coat and my shoes go in the closet. Because they came to the conclusion. They came to that conclusion. Yeah. So, so yeah, just, just little things like that. When you're ignored by construct, by in, when instructions being ignored from your kids, potentially it could be in the delivery. It's true. And again, like we've talked about in other episodes, who really works well being yelled at? Like, can you imagine being at work and your boss being like, how many times have I told you to clean this up or do mm-hmm. this? Or how many times have I told you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who Nobody actually works well under that kind of instruction. Right. And that's not how God handles us. He gives us grace. And I think that if we're reading this book and we're listening to this podcast, that, that's that's the goal. We want to be. Yeah. We want to be representative of him to our kids um i wanted to make another point on what you just said also turning it into a game which you're way better at doing than i am because mm-hmm. i kind of uh, i get frustrated because i'm doing it all day long so i'm like i, w- I want them to listen obviously but um yeah sometimes you, sometimes you don't want to play games you're like i don't feel like being like I just want you to do airy what dairy you to do. and like you know nice <laughs> airy dairy I just yeah it was the only thing I could think of it. But, 10 o'clock at night. So, I know. I, I feel like I'm not... Um, I'm going to be a lot better when we have coffee in the morning. Yes. So, another... Lena, our two-year-old, is the crazy one who just really doesn't care about your instruction. Doesn't care about... Just mm-hmm. does... Like, she's maddening. So funny. Mm. But so maddening. Games usually work she, really well with her. Yes. T- today, we're at church... She had a sucker, and I'm pretty positive it was her who threw her sucker stick on the ground. I was like, hey, is that garbage? And she's like, yeah. I was like, where does that go? And she's like, the trash, and then ran away, like, basically, like, forget you. You can do it. (laughs) And I was like, no. I was like, Lena, wait. Can you show me? Wait. I want to see if you can get to the trash faster than me. And I, like, kind of raced her. And mm-hmm. so then she grabbed it and ran and threw it away and was mm-hmm. so proud of or, herself. Or different pattern interrupts. And these are just things we're learning from books and stuff. So so different pattern interrupts, like, I bet, you know, I bet you can't hop to the trash can and put that in, you know. Or I bet you can't on, on one leg hop or close your eyes and make it to the trash can, you know. So, like, just anything we can do to gamify things, to make them feel like we're kind of coming into their world mm-hmm. while we're giving them instruction seems to work pretty well. Not gonna it lie. really does also age appropriately, but we were at a restaurant the other day. We took the girls uh, all, or the kids. I kind of forget. We have a boy sometimes. The kids. We took the kids to um, a hotel and to a restaurant. Just had a nice night with them because Chris has been working a lot. And Lola's five, but Chris was able to have a really good conversation with her about the restaurant about why we give them instruction. And so just mm-hmm. just opening up with our kids and, and talking to them again respectfully, like they are people and not just little yeah. robots that we're bossing around. So Chris was explaining like, hey, the reason we're telling you, you know, don't, they weren't sitting on a chair, but the reason why we teach you these things is because you wouldn't know. And can you imagine an adult standing in a chair and throwing pancakes? Like you would be, <laughs> right. that would be crazy. And Lola's like face is just like, what She's like what? And we're like or walking out in the in, in the parking lot or whatever all these things but chris was able to explain to her and, and if you want to touch on that you can how yeah why we give instruction and why we're trying to teach them because yeah. i think as a kid obviously sometimes it's like just mean and bossy yeah sometimes i just feel like we're sucking the fun away and when we can just kind of bring it down to their level and almost and and actually tell them the why behind it mm-hmm. it's like hey guess what like someday you like Lola was saying 
she was saying, I can't wait till I'm an adult so you guys aren't my boss anymore. I said, you're <laughs> right. I said, you're absolutely right. I'm not going to combat that. You're, you're right. I said, that's why we tell you the things now. So when you are an adult, you'll know right from wrong and you'll know what does make sense and what doesn't and what is acceptable and what's not. And you'll be able to make that decision for yourself because you're right. We won't be your boss. And I told her, and I was like, that's why right now, you know, when we say, Hey, don't, don't, uh, don't stand on your chair. Don't throw food. Don't, don't blow bubbles in your water and stuff. Like if you saw a grown up doing that stuff, you'd be like mind blown. And a lot of times when people act out and they're ridiculous, it's because their parents were too soft to teach them that that's what, you know, Hey, you, hey, you're not supposed to do that. And so I just explained to her, I was like, we're not trying to be mean. I'm practically teaching you how to like live in the world without us. Yeah. yeah. I told her, yeah, those are my exact words. I said, the things we teach you now is so you can live without us later. <laughs> and like, that like, is going to go to heaven. Well, no, but, but that actually hit her. And she's like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. So when it, to take it back to ignoring instruction, Again, age appropriate. And Lola's very mature for a five, she's almost six, but a five year old. And I think just don't be afraid or think they're too young. They actually understand a lot more than we think they do. Yeah. And just explaining to them why it's not okay to ignore your parents. And, and, you know, we always also tell them, like, hey, I'm telling you this because I'm a lot of times I'm trying to keep them safe, you know? Right. Don't touch the stove. Don't run on the street. Not because yeah, I'm bossing. We can be practical you. with them. Yeah. Yeah, so a bunch of little golden golden nuggets there from us. Let's go back to Wendy. Here's another thing that she said that really hit me. So the times you feel most powerless are likely the times you explode in a fresh display of inappropriate power. And now this is something we've talked about in other chapters of matching their tantrums with our own tantrums and how ineffective that actually is. Yes. And this is me because when I when my feelings are hurt or I feel like – I'm failing as a mom because my kids won't listen to me, but then, you know, they'll listen to Chris. If I'm not careful and prayerful, I absolutely resort to yelling and resort to anger. And then, unfortunately, I see them mimic that behavior. Yeah. And actually, it happened to me tonight. The girls were like yelling at dinner and I finally had it and I yelled to tell them to stop yelling. And my middle was like, well, why are you yelling then? And I was like, crap. <laughs> got like, him you know what i mean i i just kind of turned turned around and i was like dang <laughs> she got me because it's true i was yelling to tell her to stop yelling kind of like you say uh it doesn't make sense oh baby's crying it doesn't make sense to you know oh since you hit her i'm gonna hit you and show you we shouldn't hit it's like whoa right. some of that stuff is yeah pretty pretty ineffective but we do it when we feel like we have no other tools oh good thing is you can pause there's this. a child i'm gonna pause this and we're back <laughs> okay so what we're talking about, we're talking about the ineffectiveness of doing the very thing that we're asking our children not to do <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> which seems pretty practical practical but <laughs> if you think about our generation of parents would be like that's soft like yeah. They do what they're, you're the parent, they're the kid. They're supposed to just do what you tell them. Like, what did, what did my parents used to say? Do as I say, not as I do. Do as I say, not as I do. Or when asked, why do I have to do that? Because I said so. Yeah. And, but it's not yeah. effective. Yeah. Some of that stuff just kind of, 
it's almost like you just expect, oh, well, it doesn't make sense, but when I'm a parent, I'll be able to do that too. Yeah. And we'll just keep carrying down the generations the ineffective, illogical way of going about things when, like we continue to say, it seems like we need to give our kids more credit and more respect as little humans mm -hmm. rather than just little robots that we're trying to uh, trying to form into what we want them to be. Well, and to make obey for what? Like, obviously, yes, we want them to obey. We want them to be well-behaved. But a lot of it is also for show because it's uncomfortable when other people see your child misbehave because yes. you feel like it reflects poorly on you. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's and that's probably a separate a separate ish. That is probably a separate episode because there's a lot to unpack there, but you're right. So when it comes to ignoring instruction, I think some, some things we've covered that are important is one, I don't think you have to feel alone to feel if you're feeling like, man, I feel ignored, insignificant, powerless, unappreciated, uh, un yeah, unappreciated frustrated, all those things. I think your problems aren't unique when it comes to that, if you're listening to this and understand that happens a lot. But what it, it does come down to is, yes, there are strategic ways to get help from our spouse, uh, to have the confidence that we are heard with them, which I got to get better at because I'm a terrible listener. Uh, You've gotten a lot better. I've gotten better, but still, you know. So I think there's that as a practical matter. I think that our delivery with our kids will definitely help us uh, help us to get further as far as getting the things we want accomplished. Uh, yes, it is frustrating sometimes to be like, oh my gosh, you know, I just want to put her to bed. I, I want her to put her pull up on and go to bed. I don't want to chase her around or have to, <laughs> have to, you know, act like she's, I mean, I can't tell you how creative I've had to get with Lena just, Wait, to, just, just to get her down for her nap. Can we just tell you how, okay, we <laughs> told you guys, I think the last episode, how she's just such a little dictator and yes. she's like, I need my water this temperature. Tonight she tried to switch it on and say she wanted hot water. Yeah, she's like, girl, I'm not, I'm she's not about to boil, boil a freaking, <laughs> you know, pot of tea for you and take the tea Easy water. English tea. Yeah, man, she's oh, so high maintenance. But yeah, so, so I think there are a lot of things that we can do strategically. But again, as always, what, what our whole podcast and this whole you know triggers book comes down to is how we react to the triggers and how we represent yes how we represent ourselves how do we handle scenarios to be examples for them because that whole do as i say not as i do thing that just creates resentment in kids i think because it feels when they're old enough to understand what hypocrisy hypocrisy is that's it's not a positive um sure. it's not a positive and you know, when you're nagging, and I think this is true with our spouses too, and you're nagging all day long, they're not going to, they don't respond well to that, but they do respond yeah. to, I guess, just a positive example. Yeah. Just be who you want your kid to be because we're yeah. the examples, especially with all the stuff going on right now. Our kids are around us a lot more, so. Right. We got to be better examples. It's true. It's Can't true. do it alone, though. Can not do it alone. Yeah. And I think, I think that's kind of where the, the biblical side does come into this for us. It's like people, people ask, you know, how, how we parent, why we make the decisions we make in our marriage and all that stuff. And it really is 
that we're trying to model our marriage and our parenting off of biblical principles. And we want, because we know <laughs> that those are going to be the most effective methods anyway. So we're most kind of. <laughs> well, God created marriage. You know, God created the family. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so really, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I really, I really need to, I really need to up my game in parenting or up my game in my relationship with my spouse. I mean, those answers are found in a stronger relationship with God, mm -hmm. a, st a stronger relationship and a better, a better prayer life, a better and more disciplined, um, life of, you know, just getting into the word. And what is, what does our pastor say? Get into the word until the word gets in you. Yep. Yep. Because then you really start to live it when you know it in tandem with being guided by the Holy Spirit. And again, it doesn't mean you're perfect because it's not possible to be perfect, but I can assure you because, you know, I, I just admitted all these chapters, how many times I have a trigger. Eight I triggers. Can, <laughs> so far I have eight <laughs> triggers. Um, I can assure you though, when I take the time to stop and, and ask for guidance in that moment, like in prayer, I mean, if you're truly asking, you're usually not going to respond in a way that um, that God's not wanting to do. Like yeah. if you actually want the answer, like yes, you're more, you're naturally more self-aware because it's something you're praying about, something you're seeking, you're trying to find the answers to it, and so you're naturally more self-aware. And to your point, I think, th I think the Holy Spirit helps us become more self-aware in our parenting and realizing, like, ooh. Like our our kids are the literal, um, like literally all our kids will know and understand about Christianity, religion, a relationship with God, how they're supposed to parent, um, and how their marriage is supposed to be is what they see in us, and that's a big responsibility. It's a really big, like it's a it's huge a responsibility. responsibility. So I, and real quick, I'll say this. I was, I was speaking to someone uh, recently who was like, man, there's just so many fake Christians out there. I don't think, I just don't think I can roll with Christians anymore. And I'm like, why don't you be the difference then? Like, yeah. why, why don't you be the difference? Because the truth is, if you, if your kids see all those fake Christians and then you just choose not to be a believer or not to be someone who is in the Bible and in prayer and building a strong relationship with God, then, then you're robbing them. You're robbing them too. So, so why can't you be the difference rather than dictate, you know, whether you want to be a Christian or not because of God's people? And again, that's a whole separate episode mm -hmm. we could go into, but I think it falls relevant into any episode that we talk about because truthfully, we have a big responsibility as, as parents. You better preach at 10 p.m. That's all, man. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Now Now I'm out of gas. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> you just gave it all. Yeah. Yep. Well, guys, I think that um, we probably went in a lot of different directions here, but hopefully, hopefully it gave you new perspective to think about whenever your kids or your spouse, um, whenever your kids or your spouse ignore you. So thanks so much for listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. The Triggers Book Club series. Go ahead and share this and don't forget to subscribe. Also, write us a review. We haven't asked for reviews in a while, have we? We're not. And you can even just text it to us, which is super easy to 513 
620-4333. Let's hope that number was right because we're not in front of it right now. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody random in Cincinnati is going to get a text message like, who the what? What? Marriage? What? My podcast? (laughs) My podcast. (laughs) Uh, Oh. Oh. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys.